How can you be more than 100% though? Isn't that semantics? I mean, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Isn't that supposed to be the way we should operate? Washington State Podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. All right. So my guests today are Amanda and Savannah, or Savannah and Amanda. I don't know however you guys want to be addressed, but <laughs> I'm going to like just ask you to kind of tell our, our listeners how you got started in your coaching and your background, and then I'm sure I'll have questions. So Love it. who wants to go first? Seth, you go first. Okay. Uh so I'm Savannah. Um, Amanda and I actually met in coach training um, and just instantly connected uh, just the soul sister vibe and, um, you know, just became really amazing friends throughout our coach training and afterwards and started kind of leaning on each other as support, you know, through life and everything. And um, we came to the point as we were building our coaching practices, you know, separately um, I had recently got gone through a divorce of a long-term relationship um, and really had just started my entire life over. I had gotten divorced. I decided to go do my coach training and really create the life that I had been wanting to have. And um, as Amanda and I were kind of building our separate coaching practices, I had this idea and I was like, you know what? I really want to create a program that has deep one-on-one -on -one coaching for women, but also has the group aspect um, and I, I don't want to do it alone. And I was like, Amanda, this is my idea. I want to call it embrace your wild. I want it to be this like epic transformational container for women stepping into their truth, you know, owning their voice, stepping into confidence. Um, and I was like, do you want to do this with me? I was like, if you're like, only if you're 250% in, uh, like, yes, otherwise I can do it on my own. And she's like, oh, I'm all in. Let's do this. <laughs> Before I let Amanda talk, so you gave me two questions I got to ask. Love it. First off, two hundred and fifty percent. How do how how are, how do we get to two hundred and fifty percent? That's question like number one. <laughs> and then question number two is, I'm being somewhat tongue in cheek, but you know, what does coach training look like? I mean, <laughs> do they? <laughs> it's a fair it's, question because it's, it's it's interesting because I I saw that you you know you took coach training. And I thought, well, this is kind of, this is kind of cool. The people that I know that are coaches for the most part have kind of evolved their way into it. I wouldn't say that they um, took a specific course or series of courses. So for the both of you, what did coach training look like? But first off, what's 250% look like? <laughs> okay. Well, if I said, Scott, are you in? And you're like, hell yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm going to need two and a half times that. How can you be more than 100% though? Isn't that <laughs> semantics? I mean, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Isn't that supposed to be the way we should operate? I mean, that's, no, that's I totally agree. what her text was. If you're yeah. not a hell yes, then it's then fine. It's a no. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. I'm just yeah. teasing about the two. I know. <laughs> it's like, yo, I'm 110% committed. Well, Mathematically, that's impossible, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> but even so. but okay, but to take this to a, a, a space is in coaching, we're always stepping into the land of possibility and the land of of what if and the the creativity and like 
you know, bigger, more, more expansive, more creative, push those boundaries. So like it definitely falls in line with how we operate with ourselves and our clients. Right. Okay. I'm just kind of teasing. I know, but still it's important. So what's coach school look like now? Now you gotta, you guys get to elaborate on that, you know, how, how how did you, so yeah, I'll shut up. Tell us about coach, coach school, please. Go for it. I loved how if we jump back just a couple minutes, you said most of the people that you know in the coaching space have evolved into it. I really love that language. And, and I think that both for both of us, that is true. Even though, yes, we did sign up and go and decide to get trained in some really specific skills. We also evolved into that training. Like there was a whole life lived before we got to that point where we thought this is work that really speaks to our heart. And before we step out into the world and be in service this way, let's just really underpin that foundation. Okay. And so that led us into our coach training, which we did through Coactive training. They've just changed their name. Am I still using the right name? Mm -hmm. It used to be CTI. Now it's coactive. It's a style of coaching um, and very thorough. And I don't know when you like coach training, coach school, I'm getting like circus school imagery (laughs) in my head, (laughs) like a decathlon, like these, all these events for coaches to go through and you pass or you fail. And it's kind of fun to think of it that way. Uh, It's a much more holistic approach. It's spanned over five different weekends and you're very immersive three days with a small group of people. You're being explained and taught about a concept and then you're being kind of released with your new knowledge in real time inside the small group of people to put it to the test and practice and get feedback and get critiqued and learn, like tangibly learn as you're intellectually learning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I, to be fully fair to you guys, and you, you might not get this reference because if you can't tell I'm a little bit older than you are, <laughs> um, Chris Farley was, was Saturday night live. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. So he did that motivational speaker coach thing down, band down by the river. Yeah, and I'm so sorry. Good. I just, you went to coach school and my brain, that's where my brain went. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, oh but God. I'm sorry. That's just where so I was like, going, so are they teaching them like they give them clipboards and whistles and they have to go tell, you know, more athletic coaching than, than, than life coaching, life yeah. coaching. So yeah. that's kind of where I'm sorry. I just, yeah. I have to. Yeah. Anyway, the right. industry, um, the, the label of a coach, the industry has kind of grown past that label, but because that's what it's been called and that's what people in this role have been called for so long, it just hasn't changed. It might not be the best label for what we do, but in absence of any other label, this is who we are. Well, let me ask you this question then. If you can apply a label to what you do, what's your label? God, I walked right into that, didn't I? Yeah, Yeah. you kind of did. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of just... Did she warn you that I was going to do this? No, <laughs> oh, sorry. No, it's all good. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Amanda's Amanda's just had the bus back over her. It's all in good fun and, and not, you know, but seriously, what would you, I mean, this is, I, cause I agree with you. Coach is kind of a, a just a catch all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What for your program that you guys are doing, if you could give it a label, what, where would you, what direction would you go? I mean, I personally, 
I mean, on my Facebook profile, right, I call myself a women's sovereignty coach, right? Because we we really, we coach women to step into their sovereignty, right? Being full, full owners and authorities over their, over their entire selves, right? Their voices, their emotions, their physical state, their, their everything, right? Stepping into sovereignty, right? The self-acceptance, the, their innate worthiness and power. Like this is what we coach women to. Um, but we were also cheerleaders. We're also like space holders. We're healers. We like, we hold space for so much deep healing in, in our containers. Um, we, we really hold, we we wear a lot of hats. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking, you know, my brain's going a million miles a minute here trying to figure out one word. And I don't think there is one. Okay. We're not deliverers of transformation. We, because we don't really deliver anything. Like we're not the ones doing the work. The clients are the ones that are doing the work. We're just, it's like we've, we've made the boat to keep the water out so that they're safe to, to look at whatever they want to look at. So I don't know. Are we boat builders? Maybe. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right. Well, because I agree with you in the sense that you, you you can't do the work for somebody. You can't want it more than they do. You can present it to them and you might have to present it to them differently. Somebody may learn one way. Somebody may learn another way. And you, I think you, you have to have the ability to take that and translate it to that person so that they can, they can hear, truly hear what you're trying to say to help them, you know. Absolutely. Progress through. I love that you're saying that because really what we do, um, there's two things here. It's like, there's a lot of people that hear the word coach and it's like, oh, well, how can you coach me? You've never been through this situation or like, you're only in your thirties. Like, who are you to tell me what to do? It's like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Coaches don't give advice. Coaches are not mentors. Coaches are not consultants. Um, what a coach really does if if they are actually truly a coach is hold space for you to walk you back home to your own inner wisdom because you you are always the expert on your life you always have the answer and the right next step and the intuition to guide you and and that's really what we do is we guide our clients back home to themselves and okay. then help direct them to wherever it is that they're going so in that sense we are similar to a football coach. No, we're talking Washington. We're talking Pete Carroll. Why not? <laughs> and his players have a goal mm-hmm. and he helps them figure out what it is that they need to do to achieve that goal. Right. Because Pete's never, I mean, he, he played football, but he didn't play. He only played one position. So mm-hmm. he can't, he never played offensive line mm-hmm. that I'm aware of. So how can he, even if somebody gave him pushback, well, you've never been an offensive lineman. That doesn't mean that he can't coach them to improve their performance. Exactly. Right on. You, Savannah, you've mentioned twice. And so I'm going to ask you to clarify something for me. So um, holding space, mm. I'm not, I'm not tracking that. What can you try to say that so that I can understand it? Totally. So you say that totally like you're confident, but I might not understand. I, I think, I think I got this. I believe in my um, girl. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to use the term again, but Amanda and I are, I'm going to say this, like, this is our zone of genius. Holding space for others is, is our zone of genius. So if you imagine we're all energetic beings, right. And if, and like, 
like we can sense if someone walks in the room and they're like pissed off or like, right. You can like feel that energy. So we talk about holding space. So if you imagine in a, a room is kind of easy to think about is holding energetic space, holding the containment. So Amanda and I like imagine us with our arms open wide, you know, uh, kind of creating like a circle, the two of us. And then all of our clients are within that circle that our arms are open. We hold the space for them. It's like we, we, like she said, like uh, in the boat, right? right? We, mm-hmm. We're like the boat that holds the water out so that they can stay dry and figure out what they're doing inside the boat. So Amanda and I will hold space for our clients. Um, and the, the type of space that we hold is non-judgmental, is safe, is um, welcoming, is loving, is nurturing. So this container, this energetic container that we hold is this, this energy of, of acceptance and welcoming and openness. Um, so when I say we hold space for our clients to do the work, we, we keep them in this loving bubble so that they can figure their shit out. The boat okay. is really such an apt metaphor for this. Because yeah. if, if you just imagine a person thrashing around in the water, trying to tread water, trying to keep their head afloat, like you can really take that metaphor, that image, and put yourself in it a time where life was a, in crisis for you. Whether it's anxiety or depression or addiction or, 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 you know, keep filling in the blanks for every single one of us the coaching relationship is like the boat. And so the boat can bring that person up out of the water there. They can get dry and they can start to think without trying to survive. Mm. Okay. All right. Thank you. How do we do? I understand better. Thank you. (laughs) Um, so you went to coach school and I interrupted you. So Amanda, I think you were supposed to be taking over from that point. And we see, I just, I totally derailed everything for you. Oh, it's okay. Okay. So we went to well, coach let school. Ask, let me ask this question. Let's, let's back up a little bit before what, before you started deciding you wanted to get into coaching and empowerment and things like that, what did you both do professionally before and kind of what led you to this point where you wanted to transition into this? All right. Are we ready? Uh Oh, <laughs> Uh (laughs) no it's all good it's all good um yeah so if we go back into my education i started in social work i stepped away from that and i ended up with a undergrad in in psych and the impromptu minor in neuroscience and then i went and i did my master's of art therapy how did you get an impromptu? Yeah. I mean, that doesn't sound impromptu. Because I didn't plan on it. It just okay. so happened to be that the electives that I were taking on, like, you know, you always have elective space built into your undergrad degree. And I just kept taking the neuroscience ones. I was just very, very, very interested in the brain. And I ended up collecting enough electives by the time I graduated that, oh, look at that. Got as well. <laughs> so where did you go? Where did you do your undergrad at? Yes, so I'm Canadian, and I went to the university, the universe, the University of Guelph in Ontario. Guelph. Yeah, G U E L P H Guelph. I have never heard of that. <laughs> I've never ever heard. Go Griffins. Go Griffins. Okay. All right. 
So you you did your undergrad up in Canada. Okay, uh, Savannah, how about you? How did you, you let's talk education. What what did you do? So, yeah, I I started out at through childhood, teen years um, as a singer and a musician, which is how I know Raymond Hayden and Jessica Linwitty. Which you, okay. that's, yeah, that's one of our common people. Um, right, it is. So I started yeah. out in music and have sang and played guitar and piano most of my life and started doing that in college. I went to Pacific Lutheran in Tacoma, um, okay. Washington and go loots and uh <laughs> but it was super classical focus like i had a i had a scholarship for music my freshman year i was it was so intense i was sick all the time i was singing like 5 hours a day it was like very classical focused and that's not the style of music i like to play and i was like you know what this is a little much for me like i think i'm just going to keep music as a hobby and like not pursue it you know, education professional wise. So my next, my next choice was photography. So I have a bachelor's of fine arts in photography, um, which is where I met Caitlin. So that's our other common person. (laughs) Um, yeah, shout out to Caitlin. And, um, so after graduating with my bachelor's in fine art, bachelor's of fine arts in photography, I, uh, was a wedding and portrait photographer in Las Vegas for a couple of years. Okay. So sorry, I'm thinking of all the drive-through wedding places. One hundred percent. I did like chapel weddings on the strip. It was intense. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a whole other sidebar <laughs> conversation. We're just we'll come back to that yeah. some other episode. Yeah. Okay. So those that's your kind of your your educational backgrounds. Then professionally, we didn't just jump from that to doing this. No. Now. So what else? So Amanda, what did you do after school? I after I got through the education of my master's. I started working in mental health and addictions in Vancouver and in Squamish, which is kind of in between Vancouver and Whistler. Okay. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of people that aren't from Canada kind of just think that Canada is this vast wasteland. <laughs> so I try to give a little bit of geographical context. And <laughs> the other question I always seem to get is like, Hey, do you know, Mark? And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> There's actually 36 million people up here. Sorry. <laughs> That's kind of like when you, when you, it, you may relate to this Savannah. I think you will like, you know, oh, so where do you work? I work at Boeing. Oh, do you know, Ted? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's a hundred thousand of us. Do you, I work at Starbucks. Oh, do you know? Yeah. No, okay, so no, I, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Anyhow. So I went straight into working in mental health and addictions and burnt out doing that and did a sharp right turn into headhunting recruitment. Wow. That is a sharp right turn. Sharp right turn. Yeah. Did that for a few years. And just the more that I did that, the more that I realized that I didn't like it. I kind of, I, I was in it enough to figure out what the game was. And once I figured out what was going on, I lost interest. Okay. Okay. Your girl Savannah, likes a challenge. You? Yes, she does. <laughs> so you graduated, you did stuff on the strip, but what else after uh, that sounded bad? I'm sorry. Photography. <laughs> sorry. That probably won't get it. I mean, out. I I'm do sure. like dancing, oh, but it. not that kind. <laughs> yeah. So after Las Vegas, what? <laughs> I'm glad we can have a good time with this. Yeah. Yeah. So let's have fun. Yeah. Um, so I got super burnt out on shooting weddings. I shot like over 400 weddings in two years. Um, 
it really helped me be less shy and be able to talk to strangers, which honestly was an amazing life skill for me because I grew up and I was, I was super shy and super quiet growing up. Um, so I got super burnt out on shooting weddings and photography of all, any kind. And I just, I stopped and I was like, I need to do something else. I came back to Washington and I got a, a, a customer service inside sales job. Um, cause I was just a couple years out of college at this point. And, um, I got into the, the industrial packaging industry, which is just a, I, I know more about boxes and tape and bubble and foam than I really could care to ever know. Um, <laughs> but I worked in that industry for seven years I moved into outside sales. Um, I moved within that company to Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii for a couple of years um, doing outside sales for literally selling boxes and tape and similar types of packaging items. Um, and weirdly, that wasn't my calling. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. So, um, yeah, I, I really got to the point where I was just so miserable in the corporate structure. I just felt like I know that I'm here to make a bigger difference. I know there's more for me. There's better ways for me to spend my time and energy. And I was just, I was miserable. I was so miserable, but I was, you know, those golden handcuffs, that the salary mm -hmm. and the benefits and the, you know, quote unquote stability of, of my job um, just kept me kind of stuck there. And I, I had all these other passions and interests like music and photography and art and all these other things that I loved, but there was just never, it was never quite enough to be like, yeah, I want to go all in on that thing. So, um, which leads me to coaching. Which leads you to coaching and, and then recruiting burns you out and leads you to coaching. Yeah, because the only thing that I could ever pinpoint right from high school, you know, when your guidance counselors and your parents and everybody starts asking you, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? What do you want to be? The only thing I could distill in my mind was that I wanted to help people. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was that was it. And so I I've tried. Like if I if you look at all the different ways that I've been employed, it's all been with that same thread of it is a, a way that I could have helped somebody. And much like Savannah was just saying, as I was meeting that goal, but the rest of me was just dwindling to nothing. It just I wasn't happy helping in this way. It's not where my best self and all of my skills really got to shine. Okay. Fast forwarding mm -hmm. coach school you decide to kind of collaborate together. Is it a partnership? I don't know what the official term is, but we'll just call it collaboration together. Co-founders. <laughs> Co-founders. Okay. Co-founding. And, and Savannah, I'm on your, your Facebook page, which sounds kind of creepy, doesn't it? But um, <laughs> it's cool. your, your, your header says, you know, upcoming program, embrace your wild enrollments open. I'm paraphrasing. And then a six month deep dive program for the wild woman trapped in a tamed tamed life, step into calm confidence and break free from your limits. Mm. I did say yeah. that. You did. Say, well, somebody did. I, I, <laughs> I couldn't have made that up. <clears throat> let's just, if you will, let's go like a high level overview of what this six month program in the boat. It's a long time to be in a boat six months. I'm sorry. That's, it is, know, that's, that's kind it of is a me, long but. time. It's a commitment. Okay. We're crossing so oceans together. 
just I just think I'm like in a galley and having to row the, the, the thing, you know, so I don't know. <laughs> That's how it feels sometimes. And then sometimes you realize that there's an engine and you can just turn it on. <laughs> like, wait, 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 I don't have to do this anymore. What? Yes. So you guys, are, you, you put this program together. Yes. What does it, from a high level, what's it look like? I mean, what, what, what could a, somebody who signed up kind of reasonably expect to be exposed to? Yeah, um, it's a good question. So the program itself is comprised of six pillars or themes, one per month. And so we get right off the bat, we're getting into what's your vision, either for right now or for your future. And we're also digging into what are your values, yours, not your parents, not your educational teachers, not your friends, not what you've been told will be success for you, but like, what are your actual values that matter to you? Then we bounce right over into boundaries, worthiness, receiving. There's a reason we spend a whole month on these things because they're (laughs) big topics. (laughs) From there, we start looking at the, yeah, (laughs) from that point, we start looking at the relationship that we have with fear and maybe some limiting beliefs. Like and they say maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah. And definitely. I mean, don't, don't, don't we all have this? Yes. Those? I mean, yes, let's we say, do. Yeah, let's be, let's be honest. So maybe. Fear, limiting <laughs> beliefs, and our inner critic. We all okay. have that inner voice that is just a real real B piece of work. <laughs> can we swear on this? You can. You're fine. Okay. I sw- You're okay. If people who know me know that I swear all the time. I basically okay, so have we a- want this to be authentic. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that inner bitch in your head or that inner douchebag, right? Who's just like super mean, right? We all have that inner critic, that, that super mean voice. Um, we always spend a whole month shining the light on that and shifting the power away from your inner critic over to like your, your wisest, highest, most loving self. Okay. Yeah. Month and then four. we go into a deep dive on inner wisdom, whatever that is for you. We, we all have a different word for this. Some people call it intuition. For some people, it's their spirituality. It's their practice. For some people, it is just wisdom. And we're looking at how do you hear your own language? How do you, like when you know that, Oh, I had a gut feeling. Well, not everybody gets information necessarily from their gut. Maybe, maybe you're you're picking up on other signs, or maybe you are you had a dream. Okay. It's really endless. So it's kind of we found it difficult to be like, this is exactly what it is, because everybody's interpretation of their own inner wisdom is different. So that's we spend a, a bunch of time uncovering and, and getting into relationship there. And then we're deep diving again into embodiment, which I can't speak for the male perspective as I am not a male, but I can put my voice to my lived experience as a a woman. And it seems like there's a, a shared experience here in the collective that there's a lot of ways that women sustain trauma over their lives, both privately and in society, just unfair expectations around body image and all, you know, let's not go too, too far down that rabbit hole. I feel like 
people get it okay. when we just point yeah, to it, right? Yeah. And so that month we're really inviting these women to come back home into their bodies and figure out what it means. Like, how do you take care of your body? How do you listen to it? How do you, how do you, how are you taking care of your home? Right. And that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. And then our last, it's the only place you're going to live your entire life. Exactly. Exactly. And, and enough of these magazines and Instagram stories and TikToks and whatever that make us compare ourselves and hate our thighs and this, this, and the other thing, right? Like enough, give up the ghost. We know that we know that we're not finding happiness and contentment there. So where are we going to find it? Let's ask that question and go for it. And then our last month, we look at story and what it really means to be the author of your own life. And how can you tell an empowered story of your past and your future? So really, we've done so much work the five months prior of shattering those limiting beliefs and those lies that you might be holding on to and all of the ways that you might be keeping yourself small in the victim. And the sixth month, the final month that we have together is really empowering you to to own, own your existence, to stand in, like really stand with your feet on the ground confidently and be like, this is who I am. This is what I've gone through. This is where I am now. And this is where I'm going. Okay unapologetically. All right. Now, is this program in person? Is it virtual? Is it a combination of the two? How how do you deliver the content to your participants? Yeah, Safko. Um it's what's really beautiful about this is I mean as much as we would love to be in person, it becomes so much more available because we do it virtually. Um okay. But what we do together is we, which I have never heard of any other coaches doing what we do. Um, we actually share clients so that they have two coaches, right? So normally a standard coaching agreement would be like you have two one-on-one sessions a month with your coach for whatever number of months. And that's, that's your coaching program. So mm-hmm. how we've set up Embrace Your Wild is that you actually get a one-on-one call with me and a one-on-one call with Amanda each month, as well as two group coaching calls with the the 10 to 15 women in, in the group container and um, a guest speaker and, and a guest speaker as well. Um, yeah. so because in creating this program, it was like, what got up, like what really moved the needle for us when we decided to change our lives, when we decided that enough is enough, we're going to pursue our version of happiness and fulfillment what really moved the needle for us is we had multiple coaches. We had different coach perspectives. Um, and we were in a community of people doing the same work because it feels like you feel kind of like a crazy person when you deep dive and do coaching because you're like, you're going deep, (laughs) really, Mm -hmm. really fucking deep, um, on why you do the things you do and what childhood, you know, experiences or traumas have made you be the person you are today and how that's showing up in your life. And it like, it's, it's intense. It's super intense. Um, and so being in a group container where you get to share your experience with other women doing the same, having the same aha moments and have like going through the same awarenesses and taking responsibility for yourself and how you've shown up is just so powerful. Um, so really it was like, how can we make this the, like 
the fastest, most intense transformational container possible for the person that's going through it. And that's, that's the structure we came up with. Well, like, yes, to the fast and the transformational, well, also having it still be supportive because you can't push a human to the brink brink (laughs) and expect good results. So yeah. Yeah. Cause also if you push too hard, you're overwhelmed and then they just sit there and, you know, curl up in a ball in the corner. They don't, they don't, get any no well, i don't say anything but they don't get the value out of it that they could if it was i mean i think there's a very fine line here you gotta you've got i feel like you have to push is push sounds like i can't come up with another word at the moment but push you got you kind of got to push them a little bit you've got to you got to challenge them and stretch them but yes. you you can't snap them in two not that you're not that you would be trying to do that but i'm just it's the whole if you overwhelm uh, well hence people. hence the holding space hence the boat mm-hmm Right. Okay. So you said, so 10 to 15 participants, mm-hmm. and that seems like a small group of people. So, and do they work within themselves as well? I mean, are they, call, are they, are they establishing relationships within the, the, the group and helping each other? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Which is why we made a point to put in two group calls a month so that they do have that chance to build community with each other and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. It's deep work and it, it's very, like, it's very vulnerable. There's a, vul- a, a vast vulnerability to doing this work, especially over six months. And they come in as strangers to each other. And they well, and to don't, you too. They don't know you, you know, either of you. I mean, they might've had a, they might've had an intake call. I mean, whatever mm-hmm. the, I hate to, this sounds, you know, the sales pitch of it, if you will. I mean, you've got to ex- introduce them to the concept and can. It- yeah. We call it a discovery call, right? It's, thank it's you. really, no, it's, 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 I mean, we're, yeah. we're basically interviewing each other to see like, Hey, are you ready to do the work? Do, do our vibes match? Is, do these six pillars of this program, are those actually going to support you with where you are right now and where you're wanting to go? Right. Mm-hmm. Are, are, is everybody on board and feel like we want to spend six months together in this deep capacity? Yeah. Cool. Let's we're do all it. In the same boat for six yeah. months. We're going across yeah. the ocean, yeah. pushing away from land. Because <laughs> yeah, we're, we're burning, we're burning the, well, yeah, anyway. Okay. Sorry. But no, it is, it's a deep commitment, not just on what's well, on your, on, in my opinion, it's on, on both of you is, is the leaders of this. It's a, it's a deep commitment. You've got to be committed and present for six months, but it's also, a deep commitment on the participants to lean into it, take advantage of it, learn, be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. grow, get through the uncomfortableness to the next level of uncomfortableness, you know, whatever, you know, however you want to, I could say it tongue in cheek, but you know, the, the goal is I think you have to, you have to want it. Yes. And, and our mutual, our mutual friend, you know, I believe based on the conversation I had, they really did. And it was really, I don't want to use the word hard, but it was involved. Mm. It was a lot of involvement there. And it is, it is challenging, right? Like, I mean, we are not, we do not beat around the bush. Like when women talk about wanting to sign up for our program in the Mm -hmm. discovery call, it's like, how willing are you to do the work? Are you willing to show up for yourself every day? Right. Like we are so it's so easy for us to show up for everybody else in our life. But are Mm -hmm. you willing to take the time and energy and commit it to yourself and your growth and your life? But, yeah, it is hard. So so let me ask you this question, because um, 
think there's this an analogy, I guess, is the the uh, a bucket full of crabs and one's trying to crawl out and the other crabs keep pulling it back in so it can't escape. And so they all just, you know, how do you help people when they're, they're committed, they want to be on the boat. They want to improve. They want to, they want to embrace their best self. Does part of the coaching help them understand that their partner might not understand this. It might not be supportive. Their family may not get this. Their coworkers may think they're crazy. Yes. How, how do you help them have that? I mean, inner strength, I guess, is the way they, you know, because it's pretty fragile to go through a process like this, mm-hmm. at least in my experience. And um, your peer group isn't always on board with you because they're used to you being this way. And if you start presenting in a different way, they're like, whoa, wait, whoa, wait a second. You know, they're scared or jealous or just, you know, afraid to lose you to or, yeah. yeah. So how do you, if, you know, how do you, what month is that? Or is that an ongoing? (laughs) That is an ongoing conversation. And I think it's present in all of us at different points in our lives from time to time. And it really is a matter of figuring out which volume dial is your voice and your truth and which volume dial has other people's opinions and truths in it. And then Once you find yours, turning that up and turning Mm -hmm. the other one down. So there is a lot of supportive, reflective practices that we have built in throughout the whole course of the program that helps people feel confident that they can turn up their volume dial and leave it Mm -hmm. up and turn down the other one. Okay. And not to say that you don't, respect your partner's opinion or take into consideration, you know, your family's concerns, right? Like that's not what we're saying. It's not about Mm -hmm. dismissing the people in your life. Um, but it is about, it is about standing grounded in your truth and advocating for yourself, becoming your own best advocate, um, and setting boundaries. And, and all of these are like multi-layered deep things that we work through the entire program, but it's, um, And that needs practice, just like going to the gym. Like you need to do your reps to build these emotional (laughs) muscles. Right. Yeah. So how exhausting is this process for the two of you? Because you're standing there, you know, trying to make a safe space in a container form in the boat and you're, you're, you're holding off the, how, how do you stay charged and focused and, in the right space. It's a, it's a, it is exhausting in the best possible way. Mm -hmm. Like you've climbed to the mountain and come back to the car and you're like, Oh yeah, I used my whole body today. That is a good feeling. Just go to the car. Yeah. (laughs) Walk into the car. (laughs) Just saying. Um, Yeah. It's like, I feel, we feel well used. It's mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's, but it's not draining, depleting, like, um, serving from an empty cup. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of self-care. Amanda and I have a lot of boundaries around our time and our energy, um, and respect for each other's time and energy and where we are at that day. Um, but ultimately this work is regenerative and it's replenishing for us, like seeing our clients 
go from like chronic self-doubt and comparison and negative thoughts and, and disempowering states. And we see them do the work and step into this space where they are just at ease with themselves and they're not comparing themselves to other people and they're, they're quitting their crappy day job or they're leaving the toxic relationship, you know, and they're, they're making these amazing moves and they're like, Oh my God, I just had this realization that X, Y, Z. And, and so I'm going to go do that thing that I've always wanted to do. And Amanda and I are just like, yes, like it's, it's, it's so energizing and it's so regenerative that like, yes, it is, it requires a lot of energy for us and we may feel exhausted, but not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. So I'm going to not so gracefully shift gears. Go for it. Cause that's, you know, that's what you do. Grind the gears here, <laughs> but you mentioned you set boundaries and you take care of yourselves. So Savannah, you, you live in Washington, Amanda, well, you're dead to us because you're across the the, the, <laughs> the the country line and you can't even visit us right now. No, I know. Or can you? At the time of this recording, can can you come and visit Washington State? I here's yes, I can, but I believe I'm still required to quarantine for 14 days once I get home. And so you're not willing to do that to come and say hi and visit at the cost of three thousand dollars for a three night stay in a government issued hotel before the 14 days. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Savannah, you're on the clock now. So for boundaries for R and R, what do you do when you're not coaching? What what sort of things do you like to do to take care of yourself, recharge, fun, excitement, and all that? I I love hiking. I love exploring different trails and mountains. I just did Mount Sai last weekend. Um, I absolutely love getting out in nature and hiking and then, and then getting together with my music people and singing and jamming and those are. So where's your favorite hike in Washington? <sighs> mm. The one she hasn't done yet. That's very profound. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's spin that question. So a hike that you haven't done yet, what's a hike that's on the, the bucket list for you? Um, so I'm really, uh, my partner and I are looking at doing Mount Rainier. It's the like paradise to camp mirror hike okay. in August. Okay. So that's on the list. Definitely going to have to that's cool. <laughs> work up to that one, but that's a cool yeah, one. Super excited. What else do you do besides, well, let's talk about music. So are you, are you doing any, do you perform at all anymore or? I mean, I haven't played well. I mean, thank, yeah. Thanks to COVID. Wow. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I saw live music last night for the first time in over a year. Isn't it magical? Like? It's so good. It was really kind of weird. We drove six and a half, six and a half hours round trip to see less than two hours of music. Wow. It was totally worth it. Yeah. I, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was, when we looked at it, it was like, wow. Yeah. Because traffic was not pleasant yesterday. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah but so no, um, actual performing I haven't done in quite a while. Um uh, friends of ours just did a house concert like two weekends ago and they brought me up and I got to sing and it was super fun. Um, okay. It's definitely, I just got a piano and a guitar. So I'm, I'm definitely bringing music back into my life and it feels really good. Um, I'm excited okay. to see how I can bring that more into what I do. So we'll see how that goes. So earlier you said when you started college, it was classical and that wasn't your thing. So what, how would you define your type of, what do you like to pre- play? 
Um, Yeah, I would say kind of like jazzy, soulful, like kind of like a Nora Jones or a, but maybe a little bit more edgy than Nora Jones. Um, But yeah, that kind of like soulful, jazzy, bluesy kind of feel. Cool. All right. Amanda, when you, yes. if you were to visit Washington, where would you want to go? Well, okay. I'd like to not be dead to you guys because <laughs> I lived in Washington for two years in Kent, Washington, and my aunt worked for Boeing. Sorry, I was coughing and I muted myself. Where did you live in Washington? Kent. You're going to admit that publicly? I don't know any different. It's just where I lived for two years. Sorry. Sorry. That's a, a really old reference. There was a... <clears throat> There was a uh, late night Seattle TV show called Almost Live. Mm. It came on after Saturday Night Live back in this was like in the 80s. So you wouldn't know this, but they made fun of Kent constantly. Oh, okay. And so that's why I was teasing you. So, all right. So you lived in Kent. You lived here for two years. Lived there for two years. First, <clears throat> what did you enjoy oh, go ahead. about the Kent area? Oh, I mean, I was definitely not old enough to understand even really where I was in the world other than I knew like, like my, like the Mariners were there and the Seahawks were there. And that was kind of like my only like touch points of where we were. And we were South of Vancouver where I was born and where my family was. Um, Yes. But that's, you know, we're talking back in the early nineties at this point, if I were to come into Washington state now, besides to come visit me. Yes. (laughs) So like, I mean, priorities would be Savannah and I have, um, I have two lovely family members, basically an aunt and uncle that live in Blaine that are like close enough. I could probably touch through the border, but can't actually get to. I was going to say, you could just sneak across. No one would know. (laughs) Except all those border guards that hide on H street anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm, I'm torn there. I have a really fond memory of being at Ross Lake when I was a kid. And with my dad and my brother, it was the first time I ever went fishing and we were staying on these floating cabins and it was just so rustic and, and I just loved it. it. It was the first time that I ever felt like the outdoors was a playground and my favorite playground. Very cool. So going back there, I think would be really awesome and nostalgic. Um, and I'm jonesing to get into the ocean again. And, and the last place that I went surfing in Washington state was La Push. Oh, okay. And that just, yeah, there is a big part of me that's like border open. I just want to disappear for three days and go stay in one of those A-frames, rent some gear and just be in the ocean, be by the fire, ocean fire, ocean fire. The push is great. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Okay. Am I still dead to you? No, you were never really dead. <laughs> it's just, it's kind of the running joke. Somebody was talking about somebody, so somebody that was from Vancouver, Washington, mm-hmm. right? So the other end of the state. And they said, well, in Portland, I go, nah, nah sorry, across <laughs> the Columbia. We don't talk about that. It's just, it's my show. We, we talk sorry, about Sorry, you're cutting out. I can't hear you. <laughs> Come yeah, through hey, a tunnel. Hello, hello. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's great. And I, I, you know, so unfortunately, Amanda, some of my stock questions are good. You can, I guess I'll let you answer them from the Canadian point of view. Do either of you drink coffee? Oh yeah, I do. Okay. Where's a great place to get a cup of coffee around you? Okay. My absolute favorite coffee in Washington is Slate Coffee Roasters. So, uh, where are they at? Cause that's they not what I'm familiar with. They have a few with. in the Seattle area. They have a few different locations now, but they're. Okay. It's the best. It's so good. <laughs> okay. 
Amanda, do you drink coffee? I did. And then two years ago, I got a concussion because I got bit by a dog on my face. <laughs> I know it sounds really awful. I didn't. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't expect to open up. A- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it is a question. I know. It's um, all good. But the concussion altered seemingly permanently my sense of smell and taste. And so coffee used to be one of my utmost favorite things in the world. And I always drank coffee black because there's nothing else like it. And it's so Absolutely, novel and unique you. and smoky. And now it uh, smells like brown sugar and tastes like rancid chemicals. So I'm not on the coffee bandwagon at the moment. It's a sad story. It's a sad story. It's a really it's sad real, story. I mean, it's really <laughs> so sad. And I know exactly what I'm missing. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what makes it sad. Yeah. You know, I mean, it'd be nice if you would have had some amnesia to go along with it. Then you wouldn't know. <laughs> I mean, small amount of amnesia. not, not really You're feeding that. right into my brother's argument that I should just get another concussion to fix it. And I'm like, that is not no, how this no, works. No, because he can't, he can't quite. Well. <laughs> not worth trying. Not worth trying. His, also, okay. his other suggestion was that I snort hot sauce. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you're too much of an old football player for me. Hot <laughs> sauce. Ow. That does not sound like sound Ow. medical advice. I think you could pass on that. He means well. We oh love gosh. him. Oh my gosh. Do not try this at home. Okay. So Savannah, how about places to go and eat? Oh, what's last night. What's, I'm just going to say this because I went here last night and it was life, like life changing. Um, have you heard of Eden Hill restaurant in Queen Anne? I've heard it's of it. It's super tiny, very intimate. Um, they do like a five course chef tasting menu. Um, and, uh, my partner, partner and I recently decided to go fully plant-based. Like I've always been very plant forward, but now we're going like full vegan. Um, and I have chefs in my family and traditionally like going out to an amazing meal with like a, a tasting menu and like, you know, really going for it and like really experiencing something special. Like that's one of my absolute favorite things to do in the world. And I was like, well, now that I'm vegan, like, do I have to give that up? Like, that's so sad. Like, I love foie gras and lamb and like all the things. Right. Um, And so I was just like, "Ah." so we decided to go to Eden Hill because I've been wanting to go forever. And they actually made it through COVID, which made me so happy. Um, And I sent them a message and I was like, is there any way that you're willing to accommodate like a vegan plant-based menu for the tasting menu. And they're like, yeah, no problem. I was like, yes. So we went last night and it was like every single dish was so beautifully prepared. Like it, like each dish was a piece of art. It was so delicious. It was so unique and oh my God, it was so good. And it just like gave me so much hope that it's like, I don't have to give up one of my favorite things to do. Like I get to be healthy and still do one of my favorite things. So Highly recommend. So, Amanda, I hate to ask because of the the concussion, but <laughs> food for you? Or, or did, that, did that get ruined too? Yeah, it's a whole new biscuits and uh, tea now. Basically, every day is like a walking experiment. And as I, you know, it's like, oh, what does this smell like? What does this taste like? I'm hoping this year peaches come back because I really like peaches. But um, yeah. It's food's totally different than it used to be. Wow. It's insane. It's really wild. That's that's does not sound enjoyable. Sorry. I just, although for me, it'd probably be beneficial because I could stand to lose a lot of weight. So it'd be like, hmm, maybe the benefit of this is 
Except I couldn't lose coffee. I just couldn't. I don't know what I would do. Well, no, I'm not going to say. You would figure it out, right? You figure it out. You do what you have to do, but still, it's it's really sad. Where coffee is now is better than where it was, because when it first happened... It's the coffee smelled and tasted like greasy, like Chinese takeout, like from back, back in the day. And mm-hmm. it was, I was like, I'm never having this again, but now it's transformed a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm proud that you're trying to though. Thank it's you. good that you're fighting the fight to keep trying to bring coffee into your life. I miss it. There's nothing else. Like my mornings aren't the same. They never have been. There's nothing else that takes its place. That's so, wow. I mean, that's how I feel about coffee, but um, wow. Okay. I, I love that you guys we can love it. We can come back together at another time and have like uh, maybe a memorial service for Amanda's <laughs> coffee. This I, feels I, important. I'd be, just, I'd be just too sad. Like, I don't think I could attend. <laughs> Let's just all just, hold out hope that I, at some point. I just don't know that I, I'm through the grieving process yet. I just don't know that I can get Well, when through you're it. through your grieving process, Scott, you come find me. Let's see where we're at. Oh my gosh. All right. So (laughs) I'm afraid to ask anything now because I don't know. So Amanda, what, what do you, what do you do when you're not, not drinking coffee and not, not coaching, coaching people? What, what, what do you do for fun and excitement? Yeah. I mean, weird year to ask this because we've had, um, We've had much stricter restrictions than you guys have had for most of the Mm -hmm. whole year. We actually just this week are allowed to go back into restaurants. So got actually have a reservation booked tomorrow for my partner and I to go out for Italian. I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, And the majority of this year has been my attention has been taken up by the golden retriever that we got in August. And so she's 10 months old now. She is an absolute water fiend, which works really well because I am a water fiend. So (laughs) if I'm not doing coaching work or working behind the scenes on all of the thousands of things that need attention, I will be by the water in the water or on the water. So, okay. It, is it a boat? Is it a paddleboard? Is it just me kind of hanging out at the shore? One of those three things is what I love to do the most. and Or, or multiples of those if you can. Yeah. Right. And I didn't uh, I didn't specifically order a golden retriever that loved the water, but damn, did I get one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that was an optional box when you order the golden retriever in the mail to say. <laughs> Must love water. <laughs> Must love water. We were, um, so last night, like I said, we went and saw live music for the first time in a year and we were at this cider, um, place in, in Puyallup and, um, it's a working farm and they've got, they did a nice job. It, it was rainy and dreary and it was, it was May in Western Washington. It wasn't an optimal experience that has nothing to do negative with the place. It was very cool. And they had two farm dogs that were just like, made me realize how much I miss having a dog. Mm-hmm. They were just there's a lot of people there. They're running around. They weren't, they weren't, they were certainly happy to take scraps from me if you wanted to offer them, <laughs> but they were not obnoxious and bugging you. And and I'm just like, yeah, how do you order dogs like that? Cause they were, their temperament was phenomenal. Mm. So, okay. I want to respect your guys' time. I'd like you to tell our listeners where they can find out more about your programs and the two of you. And I'll let one of you or both of you take it away. Go ahead, Santa. 
Um, we are on Instagram at embrace.your.wild underscore official, embrace your wild official. Um, and really where we love to hang out the most is in our private Facebook group uh, called Embrace Your Wild, the Sisterhood. Um, we do free workshops and trainings in there. We, we all show up to love and support each other. And it's a really beautiful, safe and supportive space. Um, so you can search us on Facebook, embrace your wild, the sisterhood. But, but if it's private, can you can see not it, you can coach? search it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And so yeah, this, is, this is not just clients. clients. Yeah. But it's not just clients. This is like our broader community where we love okay. yeah, any woman that's, wanting to work on self-acceptance and boundaries and confidence and um, self-love. Like we do regular live streams of workshops and trainings in there. And um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And wherever you do find us, you can find the other parts of us there too. So if you do find us on Instagram, there's a way through our bio on Instagram to pop over to Facebook. If you find us on Facebook, you'll be able to connect with us on Instagram. So do you have a TikTok channel? Sorry, we do I not. Resist. No, I I Thank personally you. have Thank one, but it's I, I, yeah, but it's I'm not active on there. I was like, I was like, we could give this thing a try. And I was like, mm, it's not for me. Yeah, I, <laughs> you have I some, still use you have AOL. some thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, what's amazing to me is somehow it doesn't seem legit in the sense that this video has been watched seven million times and. I'm not sure how they count their numbers. So I think it's, I'm just a little skeptical of mm-hmm. it. Um, earlier, a few months ago, we had a, a guest on. He uh, is the blind woodsman. So it's a blind guy out of uh, down in Washougal. And he has a TikTok channel. And he actually does all of this. Well, other than he doesn't post his videos himself. His wife does this for him. But he, he sets his camera up. He's working, he's doing woodworking and the man's completely blind and he's got like multiple millions of views on, on TikTok. It's fascinating Hmm. that people are watching this blind man work wood. And that's, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting, but he, he's done really well. Um, as far as visibility goes on that platform, I, I just, it's not for me. I, I'm more comfortable doing what we're doing today for me. That's it's fun. Yeah. So enough about me. Um, (laughs) So they can find you on Facebook. They can find you on Instagram, not on TikTok. Um, and when is your next? Yeah, I was just these coaching, coaching programs. Um, they don't just start every day. So when? How do they? How does that work? I guess I should have asked that a few minutes ago. No, it's good. We're we're launching um, two groups: one uh, in June and one in July, and those run for six months, and then. And then really the future groups after that is Amanda and I are always just kind of checking in like, Hey, do we want to run another group when cool? And then we launch. Um, so we, we still have space in both of those programs. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, if you've listened this far, you've heard about what it's all about. And if you're ready to do the work, we're, we're here for you. And so let's actually, so that would, what would be the first step for somebody who's interested it would be the, the discovery call. Yeah. So basically yeah. connecting with us on any platform. Um, you can also email us at your wild embrace at gmail.com. If you can't find us on social um, and we can get you set up with the discovery call. And basically we go over the program with you, see what are your goals? What are your challenges? And basically say like, is this a good fit for you or not? Um, because 
we have been down the road where we've tried to get someone and it's not quite a fit and it just, it doesn't work for anybody involved. Right. And we can't want it for you more than you want it for yourself. We've definitely experienced that as well. Um, but yeah, that discovery call is really the place there's, there's zero pressure and it's really just a conversation to see if it's a good fit. And, and then if it is, it's, it's a beautiful journey. And all of the women that have gone through our program have seen phenomenal, incredible results. So we truly life changing. Yeah. We really stand by this, this program and and the container and what's possible. That's got to make you both feel really good. I have never been more proud of anything that I put my name to Mm -hmm. than this program. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you both. This has been enjoyable for me. Hopefully it wasn't miserable for the two (laughs) of you. Um, and you're not dead to us. Sorry. Just, you know, oh, just thank you. locked out of the country for the time being. Or, or we lo- I think it's more we're locked out of there. That you might be right with that one. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think we're locked out of a lot of places these days, but we won't go there. Um, anyway, thank you both. And uh, all the best. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.